it's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where over the past, uh, gosh, it's coming up on six years now, um, I have tried to help people understand how truly complex we are and that we need to keep those facets of who we are in balance. And that means, you know, physically being healthy, but also intellectually stimulating your mind, growing, learning as much as you can every day. Um, also connecting to that spiritual element of who we are. And that might mean something as simple as just walking in the grass or hugging a tree or, you know, breathing in uh, mountain air or going swimming, but we are energetic vibrational creatures. And so we interface with everything around us. Um, I know in my area, I have a, a lot of dogs and they all know me and they literally break into a run almost. Their owners can't keep up with them because they want to get to me. So what is it about me that these animals are relating to? And I think it is my vibrational frequency. I think they know that, you know, I give off good stuff and they just eat it up. So um, all my neighbors are like, oh, my dog never behaves like this with anyone but you. And I think that's exactly the reason. And then the final aspect of who we are is the emotional and our emotional is so connected to our physical and i've been doing some research lately on the importance of your biome which is your gut health and so actually there are studies that they have been doing um, at harvard at cleveland clinic mayo clinic about the fact that depression and anxiety is so linked to your gut biome and if that is out of balance, it can throw your emotional uh, life into just a turmoil. And so that's another critical area. So the show really is, and the guests that I have, are all about explaining how these interface and link to one another, and that you can't live your best life unless you have them in balance. So think about it as a wobbly chair or a table. You know, if you've got one leg that is a little out of balance, it doesn't really work as well for you as if you have all four legs working um, kind of cooperatively, if you want to say it that way, with one another. So I have as a returning guest, Tanya Cole Lesnick. And before we get started, I want to remind you that all of the shows are archived at SynergyConnectionRadio.com. I think there's about 400 shows there now. And so there's pages of pages of pages of guests that have been with me for years now. And so if you like some of the shows, go look up some of their other shows, because I never have a person with me just one time. Uh, they're almost always uh, back on the show, I would say on an average of three times, because I think the message they have is so beneficial. And I don't want it to be a one time and you're out. Thank you very much. Um, also on that website is Boomer Products, and I've been using their products for seven years. Uh, one of the things that I have recently discovered is um, the research they're doing on muscle deterioration as we age. And I didn't even think about this, but a lot of times a bone will break before you fall, which is why a person will fall. 
I always thought of it as, you know, you fall and break a bone. But that's not really the case in many, many instances. Um, if your bones have become very porous, if you haven't done a lot of, um, uh, you know, like exercise that is for building muscles to support your bone structure, your skeletal structure, then this kind of condition can happen. So it's called muscle wasting. And uh, people with cancer quite often do get muscle wasting disease, which then leads to many more complications. So one of the products that I use, I recommend to everybody is their barley. It's grown in Canada. It is actually a sprout. You can't get it any place except with boomers. Um, and it is already in an amino acid form. So you don't have to digest it. You literally drink it and it goes to work instantly in your body and it takes out inflammation. So if you have um, let's say you're diabetic or pre-diabetic, you've got a lot of inflammation. Every disease begins with inflammation. So um, it will reduce inflammation. It rebuilds muscle, thank goodness. Um, it also takes toxins out of the body and everybody has toxins and they kind of stay in your fat, <laughs> if you will. And so to remove it, this barley does the job. And then you can you know, begin moving towards better health which again is, is one of my um, legs, if you will, uh, for physical well-being. Because if you're not healthy, those other three things are not going to happen. You have to start with your wellness, your physical wellness, and then build on that. So that's your foundation is the physical piece. Okay, so um, if you decide that you want to try any other products, if you just put my first name, L-U-C-Y, into the discount code box, then you're going to get 15% off of your orders. So be sure to do that. Take advantage of the 15% discount. And um, then if you have any questions on your products, I've been using them for seven years. You can always get back hold of me and say, okay, I'm using this. Um, and I'll explain more of how that works. But uh, this is a company that does sponsor the show and they're all about wellness. And I think that's, like I said, that's where we have to start is the physical wellness. All right. So welcome back to the show, Tanya. And we're going to be talking about, I, I like the title that I've given the show because uh, it's easier said than done, which was something that you said to me mm -hmm. in terms of um, clearing energetic clutter out of your life. And the very first show we did, we talked about energetic clutter and it's not easy to get that out because it, a lot of times it's so entrenched yeah. into the way we have been thinking maybe for not just, you know, a few months, but maybe most of our lives. Yeah. And so it's, you have to go back and you have to look at it. And I always think of it as like a closet, you know, like a Fibber McGee closet. You open the closet door carefully because you don't know what's going to fall out. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think our emotional clutter is like that. We don't always know what's going to fall out in our lap because something gets triggered, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, well, first of all, I just want to thank you for having me back. It's such a pleasure to be here with you again and look forward to this chat. Yeah, yeah. it's just fun. I, I love having conversations with like-minded people. <laughs> yeah, I do as well. Yeah. So, all right. So where do we begin really evaluating whether this is maybe something that is serving us well 
mm-hmm. or whether we need to pitch it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, first, I just want to say a quick definition of what I've been defining as energetic clutter. And it's really just something I came up with when I was clearing out my own kitchen cabinets and just getting a real physical sense of what it felt like to remove things that had been sitting there for many years that I hadn't been looking at, that had been taking up space, that weren't really in the way exactly, but the clearing of it just helped it feel like what was in there was being used. I was choosing it and it was very intentional. Mm -hmm. And I realized we do the same with stuff that we hold in our psyches. Mm -hmm. So my definition of energetic clutter is it's all the things that demand our energy, our focus and our time, but they're not helping us to move the needle towards growth, or meaning or how we want to feel. So there's a lot of things that can be in that space. A lot of it is connected to limiting beliefs that we all bring mostly from our childhood. Sometimes we develop limiting beliefs later in life when we have some intense experiences. And then the behaviors that we've paired with those limiting beliefs that we put in place to keep us safe initially. And then, like you said, it gets so entrenched and it can be decades, lifetimes of dealing or or holding space for these patterns in our lives, in our psyches. And if we don't know to even start to look and tease it out and make some decisions about it, I think so often people feel like, well, this is just life. This is just the way it goes and don't necessarily understand that there's some choice about that. So, yeah. Yeah. So your question is, how do you even start that process? And I know we were talking about this easier said than done thing. It's not easy because it's so entrenched and this stuff can be tricky, especially if we've been living forever operating a certain way and not even knowing to question it. So I I, I'm going to ask you a quick question. Of course. Um, you work with clients and I do as well. You know, I have the podcast, but I also am a psychotherapist. And so one of the things that um, I've noticed kind of recently in a way is this idea that people believe they're not enough. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, you know, that might come from in part um, I, I don't know. I can imagine a dad or a mom not not meaning to hurt their child, but mm-hmm. saying, you know, who do you think you are? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a common phrase. You Absolutely. Know, all dairy, you you don't talk to me that way. Who do mm-hmm. you think you are? Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And so then, if that was said often enough, mm-hmm. um, maybe the adult at whatever age is feeling like I'm still not measuring up. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still not doing enough, whether it's at work or in a relationship or a friendship or wherever it might be. So that might be one of those huge limiting beliefs yeah. that's cluttering their life that totally. they have to get rid of because the rest of their life is not going to fall into place in a happy way as long as they hang on to that. That's right. That's right. And that is a perfect example of a limiting belief, a very common one. I also see that so much. I've experienced that myself at times in my life. And catching it is so important to be able to stop believing it. Because Mm -hmm. if we don't even look at it, it can be a lens that we see the world through and it impacts the choices that we make along the way. 
And we may not even realize that that's what's driving certain things in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned, yes, absolutely. A parent may have said certain things that created that message to begin with. Also going to school in comparison with other kids and the way that schools operate, people have kind of different places within the school, depending on how they are academically, how they are socially, that kind of thing. And um, privilege and all of that can be a factor as well. And um, yeah, there was something else about the, oh, and I was also going to say what parents model for our ki- their kids. So it's not just the words spoken, but if a parent is not seeing themselves as enough, then they may also be making choices that show their children that they don't feel that they're enough either. So kids will pick up on that. And I've even seen situations where a parent has been incredibly successful and then the child feels male or female that they can't reach that same place, Yeah, you know, in terms of maybe friends honoring them or awards mm-hmm. or and mm-hmm. you know I've often wondered with movie stars for instance their yeah. kids quite often end up using drugs or alcohol because mm-hmm. they they just can't get to the same place that the parent is and so they figure hey why try yeah 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 absolutely it's funny I was just, my husband and I just started to watch that show suits and there was this whole scene about one of the paralegals wanting to go to Harvard. It was so important to her and um, paling in comparison to her father. And it was such a, an example of the, exactly what you just said. Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah. I think there's so many different ways we can hold on to those messages. And then the question is, what do we do about it? And I know also sometimes people might say, well, that was childhood. Sure, I had that idea. But like you were saying, if we don't know to clear it, Uh it is going to influence the choices that we make all along throughout our lives. And sometimes we just don't even know it's there in the background, kind of running the show. Um, So I often encourage people to go in at pain points. So let's say somebody has that particular limiting belief, you're not enough. Often it's going to show up in being too afraid to take steps towards dreams and goals and things that feel like, oh, that would be so exciting if, Uh but then somebody might then talk themselves out of feeling like it's even an idea worth considering. And so I think those pain points, so if somebody's feeling a bit of like life feels very blah and that they're not really enjoying things in a big way, but in the background, they're dreaming about certain things. That's likely an indication that you're carrying on that particular limiting belief. And then to start to question, oh, I have this idea that I'm not enough. Where did that idea come from? So just thinking it back and Looking at your own story, I think, is really helpful just to get a some better understanding of what that story even is about. Uh-huh. And then start to put a crack between it being true uh-huh. and it being a story that you've held on to and starting to really know, oh, okay, this is a story. This is a story I've held on to. Feels true at times. Like, I really struggle with this. And I think 
we put these behaviors, whatever it might be. So if you think you're not enough, then the behavior might be, I'm not even going to go for it because it's too risky to try these things because I'm not enough. I'm going to deal with too much rejection. It's going to be too painful. I'm not going to even take these chances. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of living where you're not going for things that really speak to you and kind of excite you and light your heart up, you don't even explore that. And so starting to question the story gives you perhaps an opening to start taking a little bit more risk. Doesn't mean it's easy, right? Which comes back to our title of easier said than done. Exactly. Because when we start to challenge some of these things, it does touch on those fears that, oh, but what if it's true? What if Uh I try this thing and I am rejected and I do fall flat on my face, which whether you're enough or not, very well could happen. Even if you're the most talented person in the world, sometimes things play out however they play out and it has nothing to do with you sometimes. So anyway, what are your thoughts about just that idea? You know, I'm thinking uh, about several arenas, obviously, you know, kids that don't maybe try to even apply to certain schools because they are afraid of rejection. Um, They don't try certain sports because maybe they're afraid they're going to get hurt because a limiting belief is if you play football, if you, you know, maybe, um, I don't know, snow ski, snowboard, you know, Mm. people can get hurt because that's a belief that somebody fed them about, oh, you have to be careful because you could break a bone or you Mm -hmm. could get a concussion or something. And so, yeah, I mean, but how many people do you know that also don't believe they deserve to be happy? Um, And in some of that, honestly, it's kind of sad, but it can be a religious belief that Mm -hmm. happiness is reserved for when you die and go to heaven Mm. and that your life is supposed to be very hard here on earth. And therefore, you know, if you're happy, there's something wrong. Um, And so I know people that fall into that arena as well, that happiness is something that we get after we die Mm -hmm. um, and joy and, and not while we're here in the human condition. And yet one of the gals that was on very early shows, I mean, if you go all the way back almost six years, mm. uh, her name is Tess, um, T-E-S-S, and Tess communicates with angels. Mm. She's written several books. Wow. And um, she's almost like a channel so they can mm-hmm. speak through her or to her. And uh, one of the things that she said is the angels have always told her that our job as human beings is to learn how to play, to mm, learn how to have fun. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. And that we we forget because when we're in spirit form, we are joyful. We are playful. Um, we like to be happy. Mm. And we come here with the idea in our physical bodies, if you believe, you know, this type of thinking, which Mm. I happen to, but um, if you believe that we come into our physical bodies to hopefully bring that with us. And then somehow along the way, you know, through other people, probably, you know, we forget, and, you know, because babies, when you look at babies, except when they're hungry or, you know, they're wet, Mm -hmm. they poop their diapers. Yeah. Yeah, you know they're yeah, happy yeah. little beings, and yeah. they begin to be less happy as they get a little older. So how does that happen? 
And yeah. it happens because again, of well-intentioned, be careful, don't do this, don't mm-hmm. do that. No, no. You know, mm-hmm. and pretty soon they're doubting themselves. That's right. That's right. And just some of those messages like being productive is the way we must first prioritize our time. Mm-hmm. Play comes after play comes when we've earned it. Mm-hmm. But of course, the problem with that is most of the time, if we're living with that limiting belief, we get so exhausted and depleted mm-hmm. by the time we come back to ourselves that putting play in at that point is kind of too late. We're needing to recover at that point. And shouldn't we, in a way, look for careers? I mean, if we're really working with youth and helping them um, make decisions, find the path to a career that makes you joyful, that makes you happy. Yeah. And then every day is, you know, a day of joy and happiness. It's not a day of work because you get up happy to do what you're doing. Yeah. Absolutely. And then even as you were saying that, I'm thinking, yes, I've definitely dedicated my own life towards making sure that the work that I'm doing is really in alignment with meaning for me and that I find the what I'm actually doing joyful. Absolutely. But I think with that limiting belief of I'm not enough, some people might say, well, I have to be practical. I have to find a job that pays my bills. And don't really look too far outside of the box with that because it feels very scary to many people. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that happened yesterday, or maybe it was day before yesterday, you know how if you look at Facebook, sometimes if you have clicked on like Mm -hmm. more of that. Yes, yes. All right. So I'm always clicking on like when it's an animal video or something that somebody has posted. Mm -hmm. And this is a true story. Um, but I had never even heard of it. Have you ever heard of Bob the cat? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, I hadn't heard of it either. And, and I love animals. So yeah. um, this was, I believe the gentleman maybe lives in England or did live in England. I'm not sure if he's there now, mm-hmm. um, but he was into drugs. And so mm-hmm. all of the money that he did make playing on the corner, you know, with his um, guitar, that money was spent on procuring drugs and maybe a little food, but he was very addicted to drugs. So this cat who was pretty much a kitten at the time saw him. And a lot of times animals will choose you. Yeah. And the cat chose him as his person. So he started following him everywhere. And so the people that were giving this young man money for playing yeah. began to associate the cat with him. And pretty soon the cat was getting on the bus with him and going wherever he was going. Mm-hmm. And so time went on and um, the cat and uh, the owner, you know, were very close. And so the owner named him or the person that adopted him named him Bob. Mm-hmm. And so there are three books that were written about Bob wow. and a movie that was made oh about God. Bob. Wow. And I think the movie was made in 2016. Uh-huh. And I had never heard again of, of Bob either. before, yeah. but it kind of showed me that many times animals see in another person what we can't see. Mm-hmm. So that cat mm-hmm. could have picked anybody. Right. And it picked somebody who really needed to be saved from his addiction. And because of the love that the man had towards the cat and the cat obviously had towards the man you know, they became a success story. And so, you know, what looks in the beginning as though tragedy became this beautiful story to help people understand that there's always hope. I love 
that. Yeah. And I often share, I don't have it. It's like a Chinese fable or something, a story about we don't really know what the bad luck is or the good luck is Mm -hmm. until things keep playing out because one thing leads to another. And I love that story too, because it shows how we kind of have to be in flow and evolve in our lives Mm -hmm. and then allow our hearts to really respond to what our hearts respond to, because he never could have predicted that he was going to end up writing a movie and a book and a story. I mean, I'm assuming it was the guy who owned him who created these um, creative projects with the cat. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think the yeah. three books he wrote as mm-hmm. he became clean and uh, more successful. And then yeah. he wrote the books and then somebody decided to Got make it. it into a movie. Yeah. 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 But that's such an example of we don't know how things are going to play out. Yeah. No, I mean, if, if you could have as a 10 year old, Mm -hmm. because I often look back myself and predicted everything that's happened to you since you were 10 years old, you would have gone, no way. This Mm -hmm. this is not even possible. And I know for me, I mean, I might've said, um, I'm going to take a pause. (laughs) I don't think I want all that. Yeah. Um, because it looks so overwhelming. But when you walk one step at a time, that's right. Then, you know, all things are possible. Yeah. 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 And I think that goes back to the process then of starting to recognize some of these limiting beliefs and the behaviors that as you get to even know these questions to start exploring for yourself. And I often say, go in at pain points. So you go in at pain points and then you start to recognize, oh, I'm saying yes to people so much because I'm scared I'm going to be abandoned if I say no, but I'm not honoring myself here and start to challenge some of that. Mm -hmm. It's daily practice of checking in. How am I doing? Am I abandoning myself in any way today? And sort of coming back to how do I need to live day to day as I'm learning more because it's an evolution. Right. And that really is who we are as human beings. We're constantly evolving Mm -hmm. Um, and paying attention, you know, is a big key. And how many people, you know, just they react to things. They don't really pay attention to what's happening internally or externally. They're just kind of reacting. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think when somebody's engaged in reacting, like, resentment, for an example, is another sort of pain point that people experience, but it's usually connected to not saying your truth. So you're agreeing to something and then you resent the other person for having certain expectations that you were a part of often. Mm -hmm. And so just recognizing your own role in some of these things and trusting that you don't have to live that way and that that resentment thing is just uh, an indication of you're not honoring yourself you're abandoning yourself there what do you need to do instead yeah um you're familiar with emotional freedom technique i'm sure yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and so sometimes when i'm working with somebody and they do have these limiting beliefs that need to be cleared away, Mm -hmm. I will remind them that, you know, you have that karate point on your uh, thumb Mm -hmm. area and you don't have to do the whole EFT. You Mm -hmm. can do just, you know, tapping on that one area and saying, I am enough. Mm -hmm. You know, I am 
good right where I am to reduce the anxiety or maybe the frustration of whatever they're having to go through mm-hmm. that has that um, limiting belief in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I love that giving somebody a tool, mm-hmm. letting it be maybe the tool that you focus on for a bit when you recognize that, oh, this is a limiting belief I'm struggling with. Let me, let me work on rewiring that one a little bit and reminding myself that I'm safe in my body and that I am enough and focus on that until that starts to loosen a little bit and doesn't run the show anymore. Right. And it may take a while, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, some people are so used to uh, prescription drugs, for instance, you know, that have almost an immediate reaction and they may have some other reactions you don't want, but, you know, they're used to take a pill and I get better. Mm-hmm. This requires a little more work, you know, because yeah. you have to look within and you have to kind of make those determinations like, oh, now I see where this began. And now I can let that one go. And much like your cabinets, you know, you pull these things out and you donate them. Maybe somebody else Mm -hmm. could really enjoy using them and have joy doing that. Mm -hmm. Whereas for you, you know, they were taking up some space and they weren't, you know, serving you anymore. Well, certainly a lot of our beliefs don't serve us um, very well. I mean, the, mm-hmm. you know, we adopted them and we brought them along. You yeah. know, what I always think of too, um, a Christmas Carol with, um, oh, uh, yeah. Marley when he visited Scrooge. Yes. Remember yeah. all the things that yeah. he had around him. And I look at our belief system that way. Mm-hmm. We have these heavy, heavy chains yeah. Yeah. and we drag them with us. And what if we could just leave them in a pile someplace and walk away. Right, right. Yeah. And I think too, like, it's not just, oh, I'm going to leave it. I'm moving on. Great. Like it does trigger some emotion to start to challenge some of these old beliefs and not feel like you're protecting yourself in the same way you thought you were protecting yourself, which wasn't real anyway. Mm -hmm. So it might trigger some fear. It might trigger some dysregulation, even of emotion as you're starting to challenge some of this stuff. But if you know, going in that there might be some anxiety that comes up and some questioning of safety that comes up and you can remind yourself where you are in your journey and that you're making this choice wide open and that you don't, you're safe. You don't need that armor anymore. Uh So Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you often um, maybe suggest to people you're working with that they do even a a sentence or two journaling every day just so that they can mark the progress that they're making? Yeah, I, I talk to people about doing journaling generally, and I also talk to people about tracking. And that's more about sort of noticing when things are coming up, just jotting down time, date, what was happening right before, and then do that maybe for a week or so. So we can look back and get to really be more clear about what the pattern is. Mm -hmm. But I love what you're saying about marking the progress in that way. So Mm -hmm. really even to use a very simple journaling process. I love about one line. My daughter used to do a line a day journal, which is I think like five years together in a journal. And it's only space for one line in each day. But it's an amazing experience to as you go through it and read through it when you're finished in 
on the one day, you've got five years listed of what you were doing on that day. Mm-hmm. And that's such a, an amazing experience just to see your growth. Yeah, I love, I don't think we know that we grow. Yeah. I mean, I really don't. I think, you know, a lot of adults, especially they stop growing. Yeah. And I've seen people, I'm in a 55 plus community now, and I've seen people live primarily in their past, you know, like thinking yeah. about what they used to do or trying to do what they used to do. Yeah. And yeah. not accepting that, you know, age is a gift. Mm. And that sometimes uh, just because you are a year older doesn't mean that you're a year less, right? You're a year more in your experiences and what life has brought to you and the different blessings that are there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think spending some time, excuse me, an inquiry about that, even, you know, what's the gift here and even seeing some of these challenges along the way as offering a gift, like the story you shared with us about Bob the cat, you know, Mm -hmm. what are the gifts here? And one of the things that I love to do when I work with people is group. And part of the reason why I love group, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I love working with groups together, but part of that is how we can see ourselves reflected back from other people. And some of that is other people who start to know us well, because they're on that journey with us and we're sharing our inner worlds together can reflect back to us like, oh, that's so different. Your body language is different. The way you're speaking is different. So even when we can't recognize that ourselves, it's amazing to hear that back from other people who know us well. Uh And I would think, um, for the most part, that would be a very positive thing that we might not see our growth and somebody else does recognize it and can say, you know, great job. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I always say like the smallest steps are huge and to really celebrate each step of movement because it's very easy as what you were just referencing. It's very easy to kind of stay stuck. And so if you're making a different choice, and even if it's really slow, and in fact, I think often this work can be quite slow, to really honor that any movement, any shift, even if it's a change in awareness and the behavior hasn't changed yet, that that's something to celebrate. And that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And I might suggest, um, you know, as we're moving towards the end of the show, that with that angelic message that Tess was talking about, if all of us could kind of adopt that playful attitude of saying, you know what, I'm going to go blow blow bubbles this afternoon, or I love that long walk and just notice the birds and the butterflies. And I have, uh, this is really funny. I have a gecko that I've adopted that lives on my porch. And I looked up the meaning of geckos and they're protectors. They protect your home and they protect you. And Native Americans knew about that, you know, a long, long, long time ago. Yeah. But um, so I've named him Pierre and I named him that uh, probably a couple months ago because I can't figure out how he gets in and out. So I put a little dish of water for him because I don't want him to not have water and eating the bugs that are on the lanai. Uh Uh-huh. But um, I've noticed the last three nights, because it's getting dark earlier and earlier, Mm -hmm. he is climbing on a chair to catch that last little bit of sunlight. And he's always on the chair at the same place at about the same time as the sun is going down. And I thought, how cool is that? 
you know, that he knows to enjoy mm-hmm. the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that, you know, you're having a little bit of a relationship with a gecko. I think that's so cool when <laughs> sort of we get to know animals and other, you see so many, I mean, you were talking about that Facebook thing, but we see, we're able to see so many relationships between right different species now and it's pretty amazing to be able to and he doesn't run away you know like initially he kind of would go hide now Mm -hmm. he just looks at me and cocks his head and you know i I, yeah i walk out on the porch and i go hi pierre how are you doing (laughs) looks at me like okay here's this yeah (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) i love that but that idea of play is definitely something i've recognized in my own life that i want or am in process of creating more space for that mm-hmm. more spontaneity more rest which isn't the same as play but there's a permission piece of like I don't have to be productive at all times and right. so to really honor what I need throughout the day and play is a beautiful thing to really connect to right. Yeah. All right. Well, let people know how they can find you. And of course, I will have your link on the synopsis page too, out on the uh, podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Probably the best way to find me is my website. And um, and then I have a few goodies on there, which is my name, <clears throat> Tanya Cole-Lesnick. Um, but if somebody's listening and they're not able to see the notes right now, I have an easier to remember URL, which is clear energetic clutter.com. Okay. Clear energetic clutter.com. All right. Yes. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for being my guest again. And I know that you'll be back with me after the first of the year. I want to remind everybody too, that again, all the shows are listed. Uh, they're archived at, SynergyConnectionRadio.com. And uh, if you should decide to purchase anything from Boomers, remember that if you put my first name in L-U-C-Y, you get 15% off of your total order. So take advantage of that and uh, go out there and make this your very best life. It is the only life you have right at the moment. So make it a good one. Thanks for joining me and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Lucy.